from Holy Trinity Church in Inwood, New York City. Welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where I meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes who make their home in what we affectionately call Upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome local filmmaker Gregory Hernandez. Gregory is a filmmaker and video producer. Since 2017, he has worked on a feature-length documentary called 1.5 Million, which centers around the literary crisis in the Bronx. He is the founder and, co and owner of Green Canvas Productions, a video production company that produces commercials and explainer videos, and is the co-host of Uptown Films, a 30 to 40 minute weekly podcast created to improve the Uptown NYC cinema landscape, appreciate the craft of filmmaking, and spotlight the array of career paths within the industry. In addition, Gregory is the executive director and president of the Bronx Independent Cinema Center, a movie theater and incubator coming soon to the Bronx. We're thrilled to talk to him about his work behind the camera and so much more. But first, let me welcome you, Gregory, to Inwood Artworks On Air. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love the sound of your voice, too. Awesome, Jeff. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> Got it from my father. Yep. I have to say, go. not my choice. It just happened that way. Uh, <laughs> but thank you very much. Uh, well, how are you? I'm doing really well. I mean, it's really rainy and like windy and cold outside, but I've been really busy today and I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet. It's a perfect day to focus your creativity on your craft and, uh, and then record a podcast or two. Um, well, uh, so you've done so much work revolving around the lens of the camera. How did you find your way behind one? Oh, yeah. Th thank you for that question. Um, basically, 10 years ago, uh, I had a background in theater and creative writing. And then a good friend of mine was also in theater with me. He was making uh, his thesis film in college, and he asked me to act in it. And I said, sure, I've never done work on camera. And fast forward a year later, a friend asked me, hey, I need an AD. You did stage management in theater. And I'm like, how do those two translate? He's like, it's similar. I, I need an authoritative, you know, you know, not bossy, but organized guy that gets things done. And you have the right voice and temperament for it. And I was like, Cool. I don't. What do I need to do? You know, call sheets, spreadsheets, things like that. Let's do it. And that was 2014. And that friend got me into uh, freelancing. Got me to work on feature films as a PA, uh, as a unit PA, and a, and, a, and a post PA as well. So I got to work on set, and then started to work on on an editing and learning how to edit, which led which led to agency work, and then I started making my own projects. So literally through two friends, one from college and one I met through that college friend, led me to basically start that journey. So Really awesome to have people believe in you and bring you along the way, right? Oh, yeah. It's really, for me, it's who you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's chat about um, where you went, where you, where you started from and where you are now. Uh, we're talking about 1.5 million. Um, why did you need to tell this unique story about citing a literary crisis in the Bronx? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a feeling of living in a neighborhood or really in a borough, a town, and you're like, hey, uh, where can I buy a book? And then you see and you hear and you do some research, wow, there's nothing here. That's where I live? I'm a voracious reader. I'm a first-generation you know, college graduate in my family. Why don't I have this resource in my neighborhood? Like, literally, why can't I go to a place and buy a book? or browse. So it, it starts with a little bit of uh, rage and a little bit of anxiety, but it's also like, okay, wait, I heard somebody's gonna bring a bookstore. That's a story. Let me document this. And that kind of 
unraveled in, in 2017 and began the process of me doing research, attending events, and starting to really get more in tune with my neighborhood instead of being like just a regular like angry dude like, there's no bookstores in my neighborhood. There's no bookstores in my borough. This sucks. I'm going to call. Like, you know what? Let me channel that the right way instead of being passive. Let me be active. I love the fact, I think the words participation, like you're participating in your own community. And, and I think that's, uh, it's a very, it's a very personal participation, uh, that need. Uh, and, I, and that's why I really, um, having seen the film, uh, I think it's very much about that. It comes through, I think, in the filmmaking and the story crafting about, you know, there, there is rage and, um, uh, and, I like the fact that it's a little bit of, uh, of a, an alarm bell ringing too in the sense of saying, hey, don't miss this. Are you aware? Are you aware? And I think in this day and age of online uh, readership, I mean, how many people get the New York Times in print versus reading it online? Or get the New York Times at all anymore because they can read things online, let alone a book. Um, but how you consume information has changed quite a bit. So I bet half of the people don't even realize there's the issues you're speaking of about the lack of books uh, available because of a lack of bookstores, b libraries uh, availability and their and their proximity to people and their hours and uh, and, their, and the and the support for those things. Uh, not to mention um, the third wave of the uh, we'll call it the nonprofit slash um, advocate advocates and activists who are doing their pop ups here and there on the sidewalks. Um, I feel like that's your three-prong approach in many ways uh, in outlining what people are doing to, to offer solutions to um, mm -hmm. what can be called a literary crisis, and um, which I think is more of like, sounds like something like on, the, on the news you hear, well, there's a literary crisis in the Bronx, and it makes you feel like something's on fire, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the Bronx is burning, yep. no, but in a different way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's funny you bring that up. It's like still when I ask people this question till this day, even today, it's like, wow, I didn't know that. They're like, you still didn't know, even like six years later. So I only have one. Yeah, still like it's still relevant. Because I said 2017 when you started on this, right? I was uh, 2017 when I met Noel Santos, who was yeah. doing pop up events. I started, you know, attending community board meetings, taking pictures at literary yeah. events, and that's where I started to discover, okay, what would the story look like in a documentary? Because this is my first documentary. Um, well, uh, I know it's fresh from the editing room, uh, so uh, I want to take this time to ask you, um, and not, not to say you can't still, you know, futz with it or anything like that. Um, did, you set, did you set to make the movie you wanted to make in 2017? No. I, I thought this was going to be a short like 30, 35 minutes max. Uh, no intention of making it a feature, uh, but I got access. People didn't say no. They're like, oh, you want to interview me about this? Sure. You want to shoot my event? Sure. What's this going to be? Uh, it's a story about this. Okay. The borough president didn't say no. Uh, Noel Santos didn't say no. And um, we amassed nearly 70 hours of footage. And then at that point, it's one of my mentors said, you got yourself a good problem. <laughs> I think so too. So the process surprised you very much, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I also, I have to say this, I, this project was done at the right time because 2018 was an explosion. I mean, we had the first annual 
uh, Bronx Book Festival, which went along with the Bronx Book Fair, which was in its sixth year, but it had its biggest turnout that year. Yeah. And we had the Literary you know, Freedom Project, as well as an, an expansion of book clubs. And of course, Noel Santos had momentum with her crowdfunding campaign success. So there were so many different storylines, and, and the borough president was now aware of, of what she was doing. So it was the right time to document it, and that's when I realized, oh, the scope of work is much different than what I anticipated. Well, you've had some time... Um, I mean, the movie may be in the can, the story lives on, as you say, with all the work people are doing, and it is about being in the right place at the right time, and I think it does have legs, and uh, so consider this your epilogue in a way. Like, what, what, what is the status now with all these entrepreneurial efforts you were capturing in 2017, 18, 19, because I know the pandemic w- w- was a little more insular for a lot of people for the last two and a half years, three years, so um, what is the status now with these entrepreneurial efforts to make a more literate uptown community, and has it gained any momentum here in 2023 moving forward? Yeah, I, I wish, and I've been asked, like, hey, uh, can you make the film more uh, up-to-date? What's going on with the people? I'm like, you're asking me to film during a pandemic, but <laughs> I've been able to, this is the advent of social media. Yeah. You see these people, these individuals flourishing. Their movements have continued to gain traction uh, Noel Santos is doing really well with her bookstore, uh, Cericia Fennell at the Bronx Book Fair, and, and she wants to bring, uh, Bronx Book Festival, I should say, she wants to bring a, a children's bookstore. Uh, I know uh, Ron Cavanaugh with uh, Literary Freedom Project is, is expanding and doing other things and having book clubs, a traveling book club. Uh, Latanya DeVoe has the uh, Bronx, uh, 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 I believe, sorry, the Bronx Book Bus, I believe, or, or I think that's what it's called. And she uh, has her, or wheels on the bus in terms of going around the Bronx. Uh, we also have, you know, Rebecca Show with Bookie Down Books. She's doing ex- incredible things with like her pop-up events. So uh, Brandon Montez with, you know, the Norwood Community Library, still doing amazing things. And, and Anthony Tucker with the NYCHA Playground Library. So it's, they've taken, it's, it's really in this film, it's, it's a granular approach we've taken. And all of these individuals in different zip codes are doing phenomenal work that can still inspire people today and can still galvanize people to say, hey, I can do that. Maybe you don't have to open up a bookstore, but you can do a, a, one of those other things, like yeah. a book club or a little free library. And um, when I started this project, there were only two, well, three little free libraries in the borough in 2018. Uh, fast forward to now, we have over 35. There you go. So it's it's amazing. And you don't have to start your own. You can support someone else's. Exactly. Yeah. You can. Someone's a steward. They need help. That you can't do it on their own. They can help them refill the books and use social media. Well, let's keep our pulse on the moving uptown, uh, make, move, movie making uptown, and uh, and in the Bronx. And I want you to take this opportunity to let our listeners know about what efforts you are making to build a space for filmmakers and. Uh, with the forthcoming Bronx Independent Cinema Center. What's it all about? Yeah, so uh, here we are. uh, For context, I I co-founded Bronx Film 48, which was a community-based organization to do 48-hour film challenges to get people to experiment. I realized that idea is great and it's still going, but I I realized I needed to create a space and have a vision for a physical space, essentially a movie theater. Right now, we're focusing on getting that vision out there by pop-up events by essentially doing workshops on the business side of film, uh, doing industry talks like fireside chats with industry professionals, and doing mixers and all sorts of little screenings like in parks and in community centers or schools. So we can get people to understand that we need a space for our own in the borough where we can indulge in cinema, 
where we don't have to go downtown to like a Metrograph, IFC Center, a film forum, and also space an incubator where we can learn that second half of film, like the producing, marketing, the distribution, the stuff I'm handling right now that's very daunting, it's very intimidating, but you need to know that business side if you're an, art, if you're an artist and a creative, because that'll allow you to ascend in an upward trajectory and have a long, sustainable career as an independent filmmaker and like, you know, making films between the 50,000 to maybe a million dollar range, you know? Well, independent, truest words to the, to the title. You're independent. You're doing it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you got to learn how to fundraise. You got to learn how to produce. You, you got to learn how to negotiate. You got to package it and you got to make it. And it's it, the film. Yeah. It's, it's not just about making the film. Yeah. Yeah. And we need a movie theater. We need a mo- and we need a movie theater for, uh-huh. for just selfishly for the community. The communities and, and you know I've been seeing that same reframe, which is why I created Inwood Artworks and in creating the the Inwood Film Festival in the sense that we're it's the only time anybody in Inwood has a chance to see a film in Inwood. The only time ever. Yeah. And it's the only, t- and you know what, that says something. And it's like, we don't want to be the only ones. Exactly. Uh, and we're, we're hoping, you know, we've been doing it now. I think this is our, uh, well, pandemic aside, we've been doing it for eight, eight. It's our sixth film festival. We've done it for eight years because we've been online for two years. But I didn't feel comfortable calling it a film festival because yeah. our film festival is about bringing the community together and people in person to actually, like I said, go to a film. You're sharing as a community. Um, so we were able to share online. And so if you want to say on, on the back of a napkin, it's eight really. But uh, but we're proud to say we held off for two years and did the festival proper last year for our, for our fifth annual. <laughs> the fifth annual took three years to get done, but it happened. Um, but I, I, I applaud you for your efforts for this. And um, so have you... Uh, have a site secured yet by any chance or, do, or like, I mean, do you like, like or, or general location neighborhood within the Bronx that you're scoping out and keen on serve, uh, using that as a secure place for everybody? Yeah, we don't have a space secured, although we did, you know, kick the, I guess, hornet's nest a little bit and, and pissed off the owner of the Lowe's Paradise Theater royally. Great. Uh, which was <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, Gerald, and why were they mad? Oh, I mean, Gerald Leiblich, uh, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. I was being interviewed by a news outlet in front of the theater like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could do something? And he was like, you are a fraud. I'm never selling this theater to you. And I said, wow. Okay, well, what if we raise $6 million in the next uh, four, to, four to five years? Um, but we are looking in that area, in the Fordham area, because it's so accessible yeah. from Manhattan Grand to the Grand Concourse kind of place. Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah, yeah. trains, buses, Metro North, Perfect. you can come down. Yeah. And it's so hard to travel. You talk about the Jimi Hendrix song, Crosstown Traffic. It's hard <laughs> to travel within the Bronx, east to west, and vice versa. So yeah. that avenue, that hub, perfect for accessibility, affordability, and equity. Um, but we are looking in the Fordham area. We are talking with a city council uh, a representative named Perina Sanchez and the borough president's team. You know, so many churches, so many uh, theaters in the Bronx used to be churches and, you know, uh, uh, theater store i've become churches theater stores as well as you know supermarkets grocery stores and and things of that nature so we need to take one of those former places and restore it to its prominence so we're looking at a few places in districts 14 and 16 okay basically the fordham area or near 161 and um right now it's pop-up events but hey we can take the bx12 right across exactly in wood folk you know we go there all the time so we're right there and uh you know the way i look at it is and and you know this that i'll say it out loud to other people too is that you know in what artworks is about i mean it's literally in our our mission you know it's it's about you know the 
creating and curating professional performing and visual arts in Inwood and surrounding communities. So, you know, the Fordham area, Van Cortlandt Park, down to Washington Heights area, like these are very much part of our community. So we very much support what you're doing and we look forward to seeing how this program grows. And you know? also like we can freaking make some terrific collaborations. That's the old, well, the idea is that it belongs to everybody, right? Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's like, you, to your point, I said it in, as well, um, and and uh, in in all of our messaging for Inwood Artworks. Why go downtown? Why go downtown when you can literally take one subway stop or uh, take the BX12 to uh, a see a film or a concert or an opera or a dance or you name it, um, whatever whatever local groups are doing up here. I, I, I'm a firm believer, as you all know from me founding this organization and what artworks is that you know, it's about local communities. It's about yeah. the people who live here, the marginalized people who, why, why must we, you know, when you, you know, creating your own little independent movie theater in the Bronx and showing the Godfather, people will say, what are you doing showing the Godfather? Everyone's seen that. Well, guess what? I guarantee you not everyone's seen it. Yeah. Like, why, why do Hamlet again? Why do La Boheme again? Like, everyone's seen that. Well, I guarantee you a lot of these people in, this commun in, in our community have never seen that. Yeah, so I think what you're doing is great, and I look forward to seeing how it grows and, uh, and future collaborations, of course. And, and I'll mention, if I haven't already, that you know, 1.5 million is... Uh, getting its premiere at the, at the Inwood Film Festival here coming up. So we're excited to, uh, again, use our platform to keep raising the work of our local artists like yourself. Thank you so much. You bet, you bet. Um, and also want to plug briefly, you have a video production company, uh, Green Canvas Productions, which I mentioned earlier. Um, you can hire Greg for commercial work. Yeah, you really uh, can. He's available, industrial work, right? So, yeah. you know, get the, guy some, get the guy some jingle and it goes to a good cause. Him. <laughs> <laughs> got to keep, got to pay the rent, right? Yeah, definitely. And we're also a minority business, uh, a certified minority business enterprise. So we can work with city uh, officials and work with other entities that need to work with MBE companies. So yeah. uh, we do, we essentially can do everything. We're a full service video production company. There you go. There you go. And are you bringing your podcast back or not? Yeah, we're working on season two. I just need my co-host who's handling a personal matter right now to come back. Um, but yeah, we are. We definitely want to make season two happen, Fabulous. and we want to once again work with you as well. I'm here. I want to bring you Just on. Let me let me know. I'm around. You know me. You can find me walking the streets of Inwood aimlessly, <laughs> aimlessly for venues that I could turn into mini performing arts centers and film centers. Just not like on a day like this because it's pouring. But outside. not walking on a day like this exactly. Mm. Today like this, we record podcasts and hang out and talk about how we're going to try to take over the world. Um, but uh, well, you have your hands full of administ multiple administrative projects. Um, and 1.5 million is, is taken form. So I want to know, um, what's the next film project you're personally going to embark on? Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, next one is going to be the first narrative feature film that I okay. want to do. So we're developing that and by, by we, I mean myself and my mentor, and it would be a narrative feature. I'll just say this. It's about two families, one from Haiti and one from the Dominican Republic and the dynamic between those two families, their relationships, as well as the countries and the cultures. There's a lot of, uh, it's, a, it's a tumultuous time period right now over there in Haiti. Narrative film set in present day or at what? Present day. A present day, yeah. So it would wow. be something family based in New York. And then if, if we have the funding, we can travel to Dominican Republic and shoot there, yeah. um, as well as Haiti, if possible. There's some interesting, complicated relationships in that triangle. 
I'm Dominican. I, ha I have a lot of Haitian friends. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of research to be done, but I think it could truly be explosive. And I'm all about starting conversations, thought-provoking conversations. Yeah. See where they lead. Yeah. Well, Gregory, it's been a pleasure speaking with you and having you on the program. Thank you. Before we say goodbye, where can we send people to find out more about your work? Yeah, uh, my personal handle on, in on Instagram is Greg Hernandez Photos. And of course, 1.5 million underscore documentary. And for my business, it's Green Canvas Productions. And uh, the podcast is Uptown Films underscore pod. Listeners, you have your marching orders. Go check out all this stuff. Follow Gregory and all the great things he's doing up in the Bronx. And when I say the Bronx, I mean up and also next to us and below yeah. us, by the way, because that's the way we're rolling in wood. <laughs> so uh, thanks again, Gregory, for joining me. On Thank this. you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. You bet. So this is the Artist Spotlight edition of Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where I meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, theater makers, and artists of all stripes that make their home here in what we affectionately call upstate Manhattan. If you have a moment, please show us some love right now by rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. Many thanks to Holy Trinity Church here in Inwood for hosting us and to HeightsHeights.com for uptown promotional support. You can support On Air and all of our programming by making a tax-free donation to InwoodArtworks.nyc backslash donate and also via Venmo at InwoodArtworks. Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up all that we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Al Fresco, Pop-Up Art Galleries, Live Performances, and so much more. Inwood Artworks On Air is proud to be supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. And Inwood Artworks programming is made possible by the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of the Office of the Governor and the New York State Legislature. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks On Air.